Thank you to all of you who have uh, given us the privilege of being here this morning. And I really mean that. I cannot tell you what a joy it is to come and to, and to see you folk. At, um, never mind the fact that we're in the best temple in the world. <clears throat> and it's just absolutely fantastic to be here. Uh, so thank you to uh, the elders, pastors for the invitation and opportunity. It's a real privilege uh, to be back here and, and with you folk again. Um, th- this morning is, is a first for me in, in a number of ways, uh, not least of which that to tell you about the joy that I experience in seeing someone being involved in worshipping, leading with a baby on their chest. Jess, I think you're wonderful. I don't know where you've disappeared to, but it was just absolutely wonderful to see that. Um, and, and maybe only those of you who have been to Hermanus and to the United Church will understand this. And just to see all you young people here. <coughs> It's, it's quite strange, in fact. You know? I feel quite intimidated by you all. Yeah. But it is such a joy to be here. And uh, I, I, I've looked forward to it for uh, a good few weeks now since Colin called. And, um, and, and I said, Lord, what is it that, that you want me to say? Obviously, it's the first Sunday of the new year. So, you know, what do you say about it? About the, 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 it's been tough. Yeah, past two years have been tough. Um, and, and I just had one word impressed on my heart of all the time. And I tried to change. And I looked up a couple of sermons that I'd preached in the past and wanted to change and say, they would have forgotten, so it's okay, I can preach them again. Um, but, but, but I couldn't do that because the Lord said that there was one thing that I needed to bring home this morning. And that is the word koinonia. Koinonia. It's that word of fellowship. Because as we've gone through the past two years of hard times, as, as I've spoken, just about everybody in the church that, that I've spoken to has mentioned that the thing that they've missed most has been fellowship. Fellowship. And that got me thinking because even before COVID, fellowship was always like the, like the ugly sister of, of church life. It's always a take it or leave it thing. Um, you know, we'll, we'll even preach on prayer and worship and teaching and the importance of it and praying and body ministry and what church is and and. But I, I got to think back and, and I cannot remember ever having heard a message on fellowship. I did look up and I saw that I had a heading titled fellowship at some stage way back. And that wasn't helpful, I might add. <laughs> but you know what? The one thing that people have recognized as being missing has been the sense of of being together being family being able to be together and share life together 
But even prior to COVID, it was never a major priority. And yet it was never like that at the beginning. If we look back in, into Acts chapter 2 and, and we look at uh, after the, 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 the day of Pentecost and all that happened there. Uh, and then we read that in Acts chapter 2 that, that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Yeah, we'll major on that. To the breaking of bread and to prayer. But then in the middle is this thing, fellowship. 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 And I didn't know what to say about fellowship. I mean, I could have thought up a whole lot of stuff. And I thought, you, you, you know what? I'm, I'm going to just go through the New Testament and see what it says about fellowship. And I looked up every occasion where the word occurred. And I, I got to firstly realize that this optional extra of fellowship that we have tended to absorb over, over years now, quite honestly, all of my church life, other than in the days when I was a young person, which was, gee, that's ancient history, but... But, but we used to love getting together as a young people's group. But, but since then, everything else, every other time, getting together, fellowship seems to be like an optional extra. And the tragedy is that we've almost relegated it to coffee after a service. But it wasn't like that from the beginning. And biblically, the word is used sometimes about our relationship with Jesus. But most often, the word koinonia Fellowship has to do with our relationships with one another. And it starts off with friendship. And the local church should be the friendliest gathering in town. And tragically, it's not always so. And yet that's what it's, it's meant to be. Um, Friendship is something that has to be worked at, has to be nurtured, as does fellowship. But it, it, it's not enough to um, just be friendly with that lady until she actually needs some support or encouragement. And that's where this concept of fellowship goes beyond just friendship. It must include friendship, but it's got to go beyond that. To caring for, to wanting to support one another. And it's not just a one-way street, it's a one-anothering. But fellowship means accepting others. Even, even those who are different, even those who are different, different culturally, different economically, different educationally, different socially, different politically, different intellectually. In so many ways, we're different, but being prepared to, to say, I want to interact with you because... Because we're part of the same family. And it's a deep longing in many, many hearts. Both within the church and outside of the church. Some of you older types will remember that there was a 1982. Do you remember 1982? <laughs> I don't know where you were in 1982. Um, but uh, in 1982... What, what happened was the TV series Cheers started. Do you remember Cheers? 
Cheers took place in a pub. <laughs> and Cheers was about some strange people getting together in a pub. And week after week we used to look at it and we used to be so excited about these strange people getting together. And yet there was something about the warmth that happened there. That, that we thought, this is great. And we'd watch it week after week after week. It's a place where everybody knows your name. Where everybody knows your name. And sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Huh? And they're always glad that you came. You want to be where you can see that our troubles are all the same. And you want to be where everybody knows your name. And that concept resonated not only in, with, with Christian people, in fact, maybe more with others. Maybe they just identified more with the pub than most Baptists. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but there was something about being in a place where everybody knows your name, knows who you are. And that's at the heart of fellowship. Where you know one another. And, and, you know, I mean, later uh, there was this phenomenon of, also on TV, of friends. Some of you young people will even know about friends. Any of you young people who don't know what that TV series Friends was about? I'm looking at you. Josh, did you know Friends? Did you? Okay. Uh, and even Friends, I mean, Friends was where you had this this group of quirky people coming together and the series went on for 10 years 10 years and people would not miss it and and they bought all the series and they got together and it's still a phenomenon and and yet they got together even though they were strange people they were odd in many ways but there was something about their being together that said this is special and we wanted to be part of that and we wanted to see that And you know what? Fellowship is going to include those who are a little bit odd, a little bit strange. And every single group includes at least one person who is a bit strange. Think about the groups that you're part of. Think about them. If you can't think of someone as strange, that's because you're the one. But <laughs> every group has someone who is strange, and yet we, how desperately we still need one another. And even if we are the strange one, to know that people not only know my name, they know what's going through me, and, and, and they were willing to be with me. Even, even the strongest of people, when I say strong, I mean strong in the faith, need others around them. And the Apostle Paul wrote to that church in Philippi. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. And in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. And the reason is because of your the NIV says partnership in the gospel, your fellowship in the gospel. Your koinonia with me in what I'm doing. And he said, I need that. 
and, and I feel warmly about you, he says to this church in Philippi. There was an, a, a level of affection when he says, it's right for me to feel this way because I have you in my heart. I hold you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me. And there's that word again. It's that we are joint fellowshippers is what the word actually means. We're joint fellowshippers together with one another. And fellowship is so much more than, than just shaking hands. It's a meeting of hearts. Meeting of hearts. Many years ago, again, I'm having, I must be getting really old. I'm getting so nostalgic. Uh, thinking back again as young people, we were, we were having a discussion group and this issue of fellowship came up and we were talking about it. And, and the discussion went along the lines of, uh, well, uh, it's, it's got to be a group that you're comfortable with. So you feel comfortable, good in the group. And, but, but God needs to be there. Um, and and the, the discussion went on for hours and ultimately... There was a young lady then who's, these days she's a missionary in Turkey, uh, been there for a number of years. And she came up with this. She said, well, fellowship is feeling good with God in a group. Fellowship is feeling good with God in a group. The theologians can pull that apart. But you know what? There's something about feeling good with God in a group, regardless of who's in that group. That makes fellowship something special. And we've been robbed by COVID. But, but quite honestly, let's be honest, it's not just COVID that did it. Even before then, we, were, we would always be happy to, to have an excuse perhaps to not have to get together. Not have to be with others. But COVID has highlighted that for us. And, and again, everyone that I've spoken to comes from a church environment, says, I've missed out on the fellowship. Even if the fellowship was just a matter of being able to greet in the foyer and then have coffee after the service. It's something we've missed out on. And every group has to have a center. Feeling good with God in a group. With God. And Jesus needs to be the center of our fellowship. A sports team, a business, a social group, a book club, gangsters. Every group needs a center. And for us as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, he is the center of fellowship. Needs to be made consciously the center of fellowship. The Apostle John, when he writes his first letter, he says... That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, we have heard, says John, I was there, I heard him, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim to you, this we're telling you about, this word we saw, we heard, we touched, and it was real. This word, he says, this life appeared, we have seen it, and we testify to it. We tell you about this because we've seen it and we know it was something special. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. By the way, do you realize that that's, talking about, that's John talking about Christmas? This life that there was, that appeared. Christmas is not about a baby. Christmas is actually about God appearing 
on earth in the person of his son, Jesus. And he says, John says, we saw it, we heard it, we touched it. This, this word, we know that it's real. And, and he appeared to us. And he says, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard in our telling you about Jesus, he says. But then he says this, so that you may have fellowship, koinonia, with us. Knowing about Jesus is so that we, it, it's a start of, of being able to have fellowship, friendship, deep heart friendship with one another. And just a verse later, John says, and if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we will have fellowship, koinonia, with one another. When we walk close with Jesus, or even if we just want to walk close with Jesus, we're able to, to have him as the center and to say, I, I, want to, I want you to help me to walk in the light, if nothing else. When Philemon wrote, he says this, it's very interesting. He says, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith. That's what the, that's what the uh, NIV says. It's what most of the translations use the word sharing your faith. And, and often it's easy to read that, Philemon verse 6. Um, it, it's easy to read that and, and to think that, he, well, he's talking about telling people about Jesus, sharing your faith. That's the way we use the phrase at the moment. But, you know, that's not what it says. The word is actually, here again, koinonia, that you may be active in the fellowshipping of your faith together. Because he goes on and he says, so that you will have full understanding in every good thing we have in Christ. And that doesn't just happen from sharing the gospel. It happens from having the fellowship together centered around Jesus and sharing koinonia, fellowship about Jesus, fellowshipping about him. But then to go on, not only is Jesus to be the center as we get together, it's not just a matter of getting together, it's, not, it, it's more than just socializing. It goes on, and the word is also used in the context of meeting the needs of others. Meeting the needs of others. That's part of fellowship. Paul uses the word koinonia when he talks about those in need he he writes second Corinth, the second letter to corinthians corinthians he's writing it corinthians corinth is in southern greece you folk all know you can picture more or less what greece looks like it's in southern greece in the province of achaia and paul is in northern greece amongst the churches of macedonia and he says to the, the churches down south in achaia he says the grace God has given to the Macedonian churches, to these churches in the north that I'm amongst at the moment. Uh, and he says, I want you to know about that because they are begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. Paul was talking about the, the church in Jerusalem was going through a hard time financially. And he was asking the churches in Macedonia to, to help the church in Jerusalem materially, financially. And he says, I want you to know that they are actually begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And you know what the word is used there is? For koinoniaing with the people who are in need in Jerusalem. 
So that when Paul writes to the Romans, now Rome is in, is in Italy, and, and he writes to them, and he says, I want you to know about that Macedonia and Achaia. They have been pleased to make some contribution, make fellowship, make koinonia for the poor among the saints of Jerusalem. You see, koinonia is not just, it's not just about feeling good with God in a group. It's also about being prepared to give to one another. And that giving may include material giving, financial giving. It may include support in other ways as well. But fellowship also gives value to church membership. Fellowship is what gives value to church membership. There's a big debate around church membership. Should we be having uh, church membership? Is it even a legitimate thing to ask people? I'm not going to get into that whole debate right now. I'm just going to accept the fact that there is church membership. You folk have a church membership here at, at uh, PBC. And there's an interesting way in which this word koinonia is used. When Paul writes to the church in Galatia and he says, uh, recognize that Paul had been this, this, this persecutor of the church, a, a Jew. He was uh, up in Antioch and, and they, he hadn't yet met with the people in Jerusalem. But he had developed his own ministry at that stage. God had given him a ministry to non-Jews, to Gentiles. And now he goes down to Jerusalem to meet amongst the Jewish Christians. And he speaks to the leaders there. James, Peter, and John, it says Galatians chapter 2 and verse 9. James, Peter, and John, those reputed to be pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. And somehow we've got so used to sort of fellowship. Uh, uh, no, not fellowship, the church membership. And it's almost become like a, a mundane thing, you know. So we know someone has applied for membership, so they fill in the form and we go and we visit them and we hear that they do have a faith in Jesus. And then some Sunday morning we say, uh, oh yes, um, uh, Mary and Joe have decided they want to join us here and it's great to have them. And we give them a card and it's got a verse on it and we shake their hands. But, but what, what gives meaning and value to, to membership is that... To, that we're saying we want to be part of this group. We want to have fellowship with this group. They gave us the right hand of fellowship. It's not just a matter of shaking hands. It's a matter of wanting to be a part of this group. Identifying with the group. And fellowship further also gives value to communion. The breaking of bread. We're so used to the idea of breaking a bread and, and um, let's be honest, sometimes you just wish to get on with the real part of the service and get through this. Quite, huh? And yet there's something special about, about communion. There's an interesting phrase that Paul uses when he, he writes about it in 1 Corinthians 10. He says this, Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ, a koinonia, a coming together of us under the blood of Christ. And is not the bread that we break a koinonia, a fellowship in the body of Christ? 
That communion, I love that word communion. I think it's the best word to describe what we do because it, it talks about our communion with God because that's what we remind ourselves of when we break the bread and we take the cup. Jesus broke his body and he shed his blood uh, for us so that we could, we could have interaction. We could be part of God's family. But, but he's talking here about a fellowship with one another and we have fellowship with one another in communion with one another. Communion with God and communion with one another. And that's what communion is meant to be, the breaking of bread. A reminder of fellowship. I need to also say this, that fellowship is also what gives weight to church discipline. Now, church discipline is an issue that's fraught with all sorts of, of complications. But there is a time when sometimes churches are required to say to somebody, because of what is happening in your life and because you refuse to bring about any change, you need to be removed from fellowship, excommunicated. And so again, the Apostle Paul writes in Corinthians chapter 5, in a case where, where there was... Uh, sexual impropriety, maybe even incest taking place. And Paul writes and he says to them, shouldn't you have been filled with grief and have put out of your fellowship the man who did this? And you know what? That means so little. If fellowship is just a matter of, well, I'll come to church on a Sunday and then I'll go home. So what? I'll find another place somewhere else. But fellowship is what gives meaning. When, when someone says, I have connected with these people, there's a heart response with one another here. And when I'm told that I can no longer do that, it breaks my heart enough to want to bring me back to God and to these brothers and sisters. And then lastly, fellowship is also a great evangelistic tool. You all know about Jesus saying that the second greatest commandment is that we uh, should love each other. John 13, 34 and 35, a new commandment I give you that you love one another as I have loved you. By this all men will know that you're my disciples. But how are you going to love one another if you don't have fellowship? How's that possible? It presupposes that love will grow out of a relationship with one another. And sometimes that relationship will be hard, but there will be a love for one another. A, a concern for the other. A concern that other people should feel loved. A concern that when I get into fellowship, I get into relationships with people, I, I want to be in that relationship so that they would feel loved by me. I'd never heard of the name Bruce Coburn before, a Canadian folk rock singer. I just happened to, I, I'd, I'd had the sermon prepared already, and I just happened to be reading an article from Christianity Today uh, in which there's an interview with this man who's a Canadian, well-known folk rock singer and won various awards. Uh, you ever heard of Bruce Coburn? I hadn't either. Yeah. Anyway. Um, there was an interview with him, and he was talking about how the fact through his rock and roll days, he really wasn't interested in church very much, um, in fact, at all. And then his wife pestered him. Ladies, there is value. His wife pestered him uh, uh, in, 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 to get him to go to church. And he says this. He says, I didn't know any of these people. 
and they didn't know me. But love filled the room. He said of the small non-denominational congregation, he said, it felt like the church I was waiting for. Because there was something that happened. There was a love bond in, in the fellowship and there's something that happens when people are in deep fellowship with one another. It makes others who come in be aware of it. I mean, let me just say this. I'm talking about fellowship this morning. But, but there's also something that happens when the body of Christ comes together in fellowship. Yeah. And there is a, a heart worship thing that happens. When everybody is involved together in fellowship, caring for one another and in wanting to worship God together. Something that happens and people will come into that environment and say, this is different. I want this. Fellowship is open-hearted and open-armed. It's not just a matter of a tight little group, a clique. It's a matter of saying, you know what? We've got something special. And we'd love you to come in and be part of it. And this is how you do that. Lovingly welcoming others. We need to be making sure that others feel welcomed and loved. And you know what? That means more than just the two or three people who stand in the foyer and shake hands with the newcomers. It means all of us, all of us, recognizing people when they come in and saying, I want you to come in and I'd love you to be friends with us, share in our fellowship together. And there are so many people longing for fellowship. The Cheers TV series, the Friends TV series would never have got off the ground if there wasn't a deep longing that people may not even recognize to be able to identify with a group like that. And that's what the church should be being. I know that I did preach this message some years ago at not the one I'm preaching now, but a message about ERS. ERS, which is worse than HIV. ERS, that is worse than COVID. And ERS stands for the Eleanor Rigby syndrome. Eleanor Rigby, all the lonely people. Where do they all come from? They come from here. They're here. And there's, there's, there's a pandemic out there of ERS. COVID's easy. COVID will get over. ERS, not so much. And as a church, as people who know Jesus, who are called into fellowship, we have the remedy to calling people to coming together in fellowship, centralized in Jesus, reminding ourselves even as we break bread together, being open-hearted, open-armed, loving one another. I, I'm not big on New Year's resolutions. But wow, there's a real need 
for us as we go into a new year. I know it simply means turning a page on our calendars, but but using this opportunity to say COVID has made us aware of the fact that we have missed out on fellowship. And my, my plea, I believe from the Lord this morning to you is to say, won't you go into the new year with the determination to work on fellowship? It's what you need. It's what I need is a deep heart connection with other people. Knowing that we're being accepted and it's something that has been missed. COVID's made us aware of that. And, and you know, the reality is that the Bible knows nothing of a lone ranger Christian experience. And unfortunately, we've, we've, been, we've been schooled over recent decades to believe that to be a Christian, all it means is you, you just got to uh, confess your sin, uh, ask Jesus to forgive you, come into your heart, and then uh, sometimes you read your Bible and do your thing at home. You don't need church. Absolutely not true. Absolutely not true. We need one another. We need fellowship. But we're going to have to fight for it. And some of the fight is going to just be with ourselves. Saying, I am making this commitment to being there for my brothers and sisters. Because I know that that's what God wants. And my desire, my desire is to, to honor you, Lord. We're going to end now telling him that Lord my desire is to honor you and so often we think in terms only of the way we express our worship to him as being honoring to him or maybe the way we live our lives as being honoring to him this morning I'm wanting to suggest that even in choosing to commit to fighting for fellowship genuine heart connection with one another that you are honoring Jesus in that process Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone, so I give you my time. I give you the effort that it will take to grow in fellowship with my brothers and sisters. Lord Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters here. And ask that, that you would so work among them that, that people would come in and say there's something different about this group of people, this church. Because of their relationships with one another and their relationships with you. And Lord, I pray that more and more people in Pinelands Baptist Church would discover the, the wonder of feeling good with God in a group. And we will honor you with our lives in that way now.